Hop into your Bronco, hold on to your pancakes, and take a drive with us as we return to Haven. This is Troubled, your favorite rewatch podcast dedicated to the sci-fi channel show Haven, based on the Stephen King novella, The Colorado Kid. I'm your first host on our father-son podcast, Alex French. And I'm your co-host, Rich, the older but way much cooler French. <laughs> and by the way, this introduction is brought to you by Superfan Frank. Yeah, would you like to give a shout out to our fan Frank? Uh he followed us on Patreon. He doesn't regret it. At least we we speak for him. Uh, <laughs> uh, but we'll put in a testimony uh, on a website or something from Frank. But we just want to give a shout out. So that's uh, what you get when you, as far as when you join as a $1 tier uh, at the, as a Haven tourist. And further, you get a fan shout out for that. So at the time of this recording, Frank has now just earned his fan shout outs. There might be more in the future. Hey, there'll be a Wu-Tang name coming as well, won't there? Oh, yeah. All right. So uh, just like every episode, we like to jump into the summary for those that haven't been watching the show uh, as consistently or, you know, you're, you're, you're getting ready to jump back in later, but haven't yet. Uh, we kind of go through real quick, just a 10 minute little run through, just so you know. If you want to skip it, you can find it in the show notes where you can jump straight to the ratings and discussion. All right. So this one is episode 10, The Hand You're Dealt. Uh, we meet, I mean, we begin the episode with Duke and Audrey heading to the high school, right? We're going to go talk to Duke's old babysitter. Cause at the end of the last episode, the big revelation was that Duke was there the day of the Colorado kid newspaper clipping. He was there with his babysitter. He doesn't have any memories of the events, but they're going to go talk to her to see if she has any memories of it. Right. And then when they get there, uh, his former babysitter is Vanessa Stanley, and she's now currently a high school uh, gui uh, guidance counselor. And she's trying to break up a fight between uh, your prototypical Jock Xander and Matt, who's kind of the outsider kid. And she doesn't do a very great job of breaking them up. And the principal ends up having to intervene and break up the fight. But then when the principal goes to, uh, you know, kind of chew Vanessa out because she didn't handle it very well, she realizes Vanessa is sick. She's feeling these weird lurching pains in her stomach. And then our next scene, we jump to Vanessa's dialing her phone calling the principal who's walking out to her car and Vanessa's yelling at her, don't get in it, don't get in it. And the principal gets in the car anyway, and poof, a principal blows up. And then we jump into our, go to Nathan and Audrey at uh, HBD uh, talking about the car explosion. Right, and Audrey just kind of like, yeah, it's nothing, don't worry about it. It doesn't seem like our type of thing. It's just a you know typical car bomb, happens every Wednesday. Uh, she's more interested in the Colorado kid shit, right? So she wants to go talk to the photographer of the photo. Uh, what was his name? Morris Crane. Right. So they want to go talk to him. Her and Duke go talk to him, but he's a complete nut job. He's just talking about lobster monsters coming out of the ocean. So they really don't get it. He can then start stripping naked uh, and they realize he's completely insane. So they they get out of there. Right. Crazy table for one. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and kind of our next, you know, we, I think we have a moment with like Audrey and Julia Carr having some drinks, but also the, the kind of next big important part is the pool, right? Exactly. So we, we go to the, uh, Haven Dolphin swim club and we, when you get there, you see Vanessa trying to get in the, the swim coach won't let her in. And we see Xander being a complete tool in the pool and he's being a dick with all his friends. And then uh, Matt's there like sitting on the sidelines, just creepily watching things. And all of a sudden everyone else gets out of the pool and Vanessa's pounding, trying to get in and the water starts boiling and Xander is boiled like a lobster. Duke is heading to the police station to, I'd ask Nathan for advice if he could, if it's weird to date his babysitter, right? And that's when he sees a sketch. 
Brian, I think he was there really to talk to Audrey, but Nathan yeah. was cut, cutting them down. You know, hey, we don't got time for this. But yeah, he was asking even the, the kid who was the witness, you know, is it okay to date your babysitter? And the kid's like, yeah, if she's hot. And he's like, yeah, see, see. And that's when and, he sees the sketch and it's Vanessa. And he's like, oh, shit, I got to go find Vanessa. Right. And he goes to she's she ends up at the Great Gull, right? That's where he goes to talk to her. Right. Uh, she initially tries to uh, talk to Nathan at HPD, but then she kind of like loses her. Uh, yeah, loses her will to talk to him about it because it is an odd thing she's going to have to talk to him about. So Audrey and Julia also looking at old case files to see because they're like, oh, maybe it's something that uh, Julia's mom, Eleanor, kind of like, you know, had all these mysterious case files. And I think they were looking at one about the Colorado kid looking through her old files because she was the she was there that day as well. And then they find the pyro pyrokinetic information, right? Which kind of leads them to the current case. Right, right. Because uh, they're going through Doc Eleanor's uh, old notes because she was uh, a medical examiner, uh, like student. She was in training with them and she had notes on it. And they come up on about pyrokinesis and uh, people being able to spontaneously start fires, which isn't quite necessarily what this is, but that gets them on the path to it. Duke and Vanessa, Duke tries to talk to Vanessa at the bar at the Grey Goal. Uh, she freaks out in the middle of it and runs off. And then Duke. Uh, Duke goes to her, yeah. her house to find her. And also they make the high school, uh, Nathan and Audrey make the high school connection. So they figure, boom. And when they see the sketch artist drawing, they're like, this is Vanessa. Mm -hmm. And uh, so they all end up at Vanessa's house at the same time. Duke, Nathan and Audrey, you know, Nathan's a little pissed at Duke because Duke's inside her house. And he's like breaking and entering and all of that. But then they find all of her cryptic drawings and notes and list of names. And they figure out that the first two names on the list are dead. So they're going to go to the third name, which is Matt. And they go to find Matt. And when they go, they find Matt, they, they go to find Matt, they run right into Vanessa and Vanessa tells them there's going to be, there's an emergency. There's going to be an explosion. We got to save Matt. So they kind of like all rush into the backyard, Nathan and Matt's there. And uh, there's this girl and she blows him off and he's pissed about it. And Nathan and Duke grab the propane uh, grill and throw it into the pool and it takes forever, but does eventually explode. And then Vanessa comes clean and tells them about her trouble right so then they kind of retreat back to her her house to kind of like figure out what's the next plan they know her trouble is that she is seeing visions from people before they die if i got that yeah, it's, correct. The, it's the last thing they see right when they die so, she, so she's, she's been seeing that and she's been so i guess like predict like maybe predicting the future in a way i get like right so she's the most recent thing she's seen is uh war and explosions and shit and uh Right. And she remembers uh, what because uh, previously she had forgot everything that happened on the day of the Colorado kid picture, uh, just like Duke had. But she remembered it, that sh she had saw a vision of how the Colorado kid was going to die. And she shares it with Audrey at the house that it was a hand with a tattoo going for his face. Yeah. Right. And she, so she shares that with them. Nathan's inside talking about fate because we found somebody. He goes, what if you find somebody when you can't feel anything, but you can feel them. That sounds like fate. And Duke's like, he's like, Duke's yeah, like, she left you, dude, just left. He's like, no he's thing. like, there's no such thing as fake. It's not a movie. And then Nathan's like, Oh my God, it is a movie. And then they both figure out Doc side green where the kids, you know, air movies and Matt is allowed to go because he's the projectionist. And that, that's what Vanessa's visions are. She's watching 
somebody she's been seeing somebody watching the movie uh moments before they die right right uh so then they rush they go uh they start kind of evacuating everyone matt you know i was like what the fuck are you guys doing figures out he has power and goes crazy with it uh, because he's rejected by the same girl you know again so he's like now like oh i got the power and he's uh trying to you know go crazy audrey and nathan pull their guns on him they're gonna take him out duke you know vanessa's like i can stop him like i can stop him she goes running forward she gets blown up duke kind of trying to like retreat with her out of the area so audrey and nathan confront matt and he uh, superheats the guns uh, so they can't shoot him, which Nathan can't feel. And Audrey has to tell him to drop it. Right, right. And uh, it, it's interesting because Audrey, Matt didn't even realize he had the power till Audrey told him. And then, which is, here's the weird thing is uh, he has this power and you think, oh my God, he, he's going to be concerned he's killed people. He thinks it's like the coolest fucking thing in the world. He's like, oh yeah, this is great. And he's like, you can't arrest me, prove it in court. And that's when he heats up the guns. And then Audrey comes up with this plan that, hey, we're going to mock him and ignore him and see see what that does. And she mocks, ignores him, makes fun of him. I'm sick of this uh, fake bad guy, whatever words to that effect. And they turn their backs and start walking away. And uh, uh, Matt gets super pissed and just the the rage is so much, he explodes himself. Right. So he dies and Vanessa's on the ground. Uh, She's also dying from the explosion she just got caught in. And uh, in her final moments, Duke's like, no, we're going to save you. She's like, no, 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 I had a vision. Uh, I want to tell you how you die real quick. Which she whispers into, into, his, into his ear. And then we get to our last scene of the episode. And the whole gang, uh, when I say the whole gang, Audrey, Nathan, Duke, and Julia Carr are all at the, at the Grey Goal, solemnly having drinks and discussing what occurred. Audrey's upset that, you know, she feels she started everything by triggering Vanessa's power. You know, and Nathan's like, no, nah, you were trying to save people. And then uh, they ask, what what did Vanessa tell Duke? And Duke says, yeah, you know, what happened is uh, some man with a tattoo with four people at the four compass points grabs my, you know, grabs my face. And, um, and then he's like, tell you, you know, and then they said, we've seen that tattoo before. And he's like, well, great. That guy's dead that guy's dead so i should be safe and they're like well we know other people have that tattoo and there could be a lot more and basically and then duke comes up with his you know end of the the whole end of the episode is uh i'm gonna find them first and that's pretty much it what did you think like what would you what would you think of this episode what rating would you give it okay so my main takeaways are I really like this episode a lot <laughs> i mean you know and uh, obviously my notes uh, initially when I did my rating was after my first viewing where I wasn't taking notes. I was just enjoying, you know, purely enjoying the episode and, you know, just pure fan. And I, I, I gave it a nine on the French meter wow. and uh, I, I really liked it. And you've pointed out some things to me, to me in the notes that may I, I'd probably bump it down to an eight now that I think about it, but I'm going, I, I based my rating off of my first viewing, not my second. Uh, I really liked all three of them working together. So I, I loved, you know, the whole team working together with a common goal and actually, you know, you know, making jokes, even complimenting each other is kind of cool. But they still had their usual quips between them that were really funny. Uh, There's a lot of information provided towards the main arc as well in it. So that, that, that's why I, I gave it a nine. I, I really liked it. And uh, one of my favorites so far. I give it a seven. It does some things really well and it does some things I think really sloppy all the all the bigger all the bigger kind of aspects of the episode i think are done really well 
there's a lot of like big big plot development to the overall story i just felt like some of the details were kind of fudged and a little sometimes strange um <laughs> just out of place where you can tell that they're focused on these bigger aspects and nailing these like big moments and like other things where you're like well wait what like what's <laughs> going on with this uh i felt like there was a lot of it's tough because as like like i said a lot of things i really like and a lot of like question marks where i'm like what what like or what's this uh yeah you know and i i think i i think that's fair like i said after reading your notes and then after my second viewing i probably would would have bumped it down to an eight but yeah but i just went with uh what i originally really thought but i a seven makes sense i think that's a reasonable score yeah so like some problems i kind of had was uh i think we both did was audrey's position at the beginning of the episode about the nature of this crime yeah was i was completely absurd that, 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 that was absurd how the hell was audrey not buying that there was something funky going on with a car explosion cars I, just don't blow up principals who targets prince high school principals in the first place it's totally inconsistent <laughs> with her character she's the one who always is looking deeper and this time I, it's nathan i guess i would say the explanation is that she's so focused on the Colorado kid thing that she's kind of not really looking as hard as she normally would at this case, because she has finally found out, you know, Duke was there and she has like a tangible lead with Vanessa. Right. And she wants to keep pursuing with the photographer. So I guess maybe really she knows she's wrong, but she doesn't really want to stop what she's doing to go do that. Uh, Cause we do know Audrey is, uh, you know, is a, is a dog you know she's a hound she once she gets like a scent of something she doesn't let go right i, I mean i guess i can semi 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 buy, buy that piece but you know a, a person died <laughs> I mean, you know then again you know i think back to <laughs> to, the, to, to nathan to, to nathan with uh yeah. with sketchy you know he's like oh yeah whoops couldn't get it sorry well, i'm gonna make this half-assed effort to save you from drowning <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so maybe they're uh, they hate principals and boat captains. Can you imagine if they got their hands on the captain from Captain and Tennille? Oh, anyway, yeah, <laughs> God knows that what they would blow them up. Do. Just w- once <laughs> Matt heard, uh, love will keep us together, Matt would blow them up. Yes, <laughs> um, if you listen to our Patreon episode, you know the score on my dad's French meter, what he gave Captain Tennille, and it is shocking. Anyway, uh, let's talk about the Let's talk about the end. Let's jump there. Um, I'm gonna start with some negatives first, and then I'm, and then I, you know the reverse of the sandwich, right? The criticism sandwich is nice thing, bad things, good thing. Like, uh, but I'm gonna go a little reversed here. I'm gonna start with the bad things, and then we'll roll into all the good stuff. The ending scene. What was he blowing up? Was it just fire coming out of the ground? I, you know, I it it's different because usually, like you said before, there was a catalyst, there was a car that uh, exploded, there was a grill that exploded. Even with the guns, he's heating up the guns. But uh, the only thing I could think of, and this is kind of a half-assed, uh, you know, ex- excuse, is that maybe all those things were because he didn't realize he was doing them, and once he realized he had the power, now he knows how to, you know, simultaneously create fireballs. I mean, it's lame, but that's maybe. Yeah, normally he needs like a conduit with like you're saying, like we're saying is like these items, he needs things to blow up, but it's just fire erupting from the ground. And then he blows himself up through like his anger. Like, is that like, he's not even mad at himself, right? He's not mad. 
Like he's mad at Audrey and Nathan. So why would he explode himself? And the other situations he's blowing something else up. Wouldn't everything kind of around him erupt or like he blow up the person he's mad at or like make Audrey and Nathan's blood boil. Instead, he explodes himself. It's a pretty crazy gamble Audrey took. Well, he, and you got to remember, Vanessa has said he's an angry kid who has problems with his, with his with his anger, and maybe you know Audrey was thinking that, hey, if I just make him so angry, he won't be able to control himself and you know and get that outcome. You know, <laughs> I think I would imagine what I would imagine I would imagine what Xander did at the barbecue to be way worse than audrey and nathan at that point right if these cops were walking away from me calling me a loser i don't think i'm as after i know that i'm a murderer i don't know if i'm as affected by that as i am at a barbecue trying to go like talk to a girl and this her being like you know fuck you and then this fucking jock coming up and starting to beat me up in front of everybody i'm pretty sure that would piss me off way more right but that was when he was loser mad and uh he finds I'm, out now that he's super powered villain Matt, and you know maybe that changed. Once again, I know these are. I was all like, I don't understand how. Yeah, that stretches. wouldn't. That wouldn't. I can't buy that. That would make him blow himself up if he knows what he is now. To me, that's even less chance of that happening. Before, I would have bought that if he didn't know and he actually blew himself up. But now, I just can't understand. There's no way he blows himself up. I thought that was <laughs> such an insane, stupid way to solve that situation. Uh, well, and I actually had written out a question for you. What do you think about how Audrey stopped Matt? Was there another option? I thought what was going to happen was I couldn't tell what type of screen it was, but when I worked in outdoor movies, ours is inflatable, so it's all air. Uh, so I was wondering if he like would ignite it and it would like blow up, blow, so he would accidentally blow himself up by blowing up something near him. Um, hey, why go through the effort of destroying the screen when you can just have him blow himself up? You know, I don't know. Like it's convenient for them. It's convenient for the writers, you know. Or if Nathan was able to, like, you know. Also, why didn't Nathan just shoot him? Like he can't feel anything. He should have just picked up the gun off the ground and been like, "Well, I'm just still gonna fucking shoot you." Like it, like I can manage to hold it. Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, that, that that that's that's tough. I, I also noticed that you uh, <laughs> you had some concerns about Vanessa's appearance after being exploded in a fireball. <laughs> yeah so vanessa like walks into one of matt's spontaneous explosions uh that blow up out of out of just the i guess maybe he's erupting stuff from the earth um, and vanessa gets like blown up and she has like, a trickle of blood coming from her mouth just like running down her lip no shard skin no burns no singed hair uh no scorch marks literally just a trickle of blood yeah. Does that, uh, does that sound like somebody who you know got blown up? Yeah, maybe uh maybe all the burns were on the backside, even though the blast hit her in the front. <laughs> in the face, it hit her in the face. <laughs> so I don't know. I, I was just like, okay, she, guys. Maybe she had so much makeup on that it prevented the outside, <laughs> but she still cooked inside, which killed her. I don't I don't know. I'm uh, you'll notice conveniently there's no commentary on this one as well. Cause I I, I wanted to have some answers on some some of these things. And I Yeah. Yeah, that but, was just like that was just like bad that was just like we're we've run out of time and we don't want to cover her and all this shit and maybe maybe i don't know maybe the actress is like i don't want to get covered in that stuff and they were like you know or they were out of time that night and they were like oh like fuck it let's just 
let's just yeah. do it. No, I, I, I get your reservations. I, the, they're all legit points. And like I said, uh, I'm just playing, uh, you know, as one of my coworkers who would not say devil because she, she was very religious, wouldn't say devil's advocate. She said, I play angel's advocate. <laughs> so, <laughs> so stupid. Not, I, well, I, an I'm angel's not, not trying to like tempt you. You know what I mean? Like a devil, a devil. Sure is, to, is. Come on. You know, you want to pray. You know, you, hey, you want to go to church, take some communion, free wine. Like the devil is a wafer. The devil's trying to like, you know, get you into a different thought process, whatever, whatever. Yeah, uh, <laughs> no, that's uh, well, uh, OK, so uh, a couple of things here uh, about the episode. There's no Teagues or Chief in this episode, but I don't think it matters. The, I agree. The three characters really carried it. I mean, it, it's, you know, Vanessa is, is it's not well acted, but uh, Nathan and uh, Audrey and uh, Duke are very, very strong. Like uh, it's probably the best episode for the three of them combined together as a group so far. Yeah, I I, I do think. I did think Julia's inclusion was a little or I'm like, is she really that tight with the crew? I mean, I guess she's like very tight with Duke, uh, but it almost feels like. They set up Eleanor and they're like, yeah, she's kind of too old to be hanging out with them. Let's just kill her off, replace her with her daughter, with you know, like landfill, landfill two or something. <laughs> yeah, this is landfill's brother. Hey, you mind if we just call you landfill as well? No, go ahead. Call me landfill. Very easily solved. Yeah, <laughs> that's kind of how it feels where it's like Julia comes in and it's like, oh, I just happen to have all the information my mom had. Uh, I'm also a doctor, but I'm also age appropriate to you guys. So like I can hang out and have drinks. It just feels like I said, a landfill situation, but well, they, they, I like the character. So I'm not going to complain too much. I just thought it was funny and convenient. Well, they, they do have a bond. I mean, she used to date Duke. She grew up in the same town as Nathan and they all lived through uh, her mother's death. So <clears throat> yeah, but she doesn't know. I, we don't know how much she knows Nathan. And then she barely knows Audrey. Uh, if anything, I would maybe like it combative because like Eleanor was motherly to Audrey and Julie always felt like pressured and like, uh, I don't know what's the right word. Like, uh, like, you know, that Eleanor lorded over her life and was always trying to like command her. Whereas she, you know, was more maybe nurturing to Audrey. I would like maybe that to be a little bit more uh, resent resentment. That, that's a you know that'd be a good arc, but I mean Julia shares you know why she's interested in being friends with Audrey, because uh, Audrey's from outside of this petri that's dish true. that is Haven. So she she does explain her reasoning for that, and Audrey kind of while she grew up there, you know, left and and saw the world and feels like more of an outsider probably now. So but I don't Julia know. does, yeah, yeah. So. But I, I get your point. It would probably be more interesting if she had resentment for Eleanor having such a nurturing, uh, even though sarcastic relationship with Audrey. Yeah. I mean, she fits in very nice. Like I said, it just feels like they were like, oh, we like Eleanor, but she doesn't really fit in with the group. So let's kill her off and sub in her daughter who fits yeah. in with the group, even though I liked Eleanor. But also last episode is probably my favorite. So I'm cool with it still. Well, I... I, I have a note here about, you know, my exact words are, holy hell, where there are a lot of King references. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay, so so where do we want to start? We want to start with probably the big one is a fire starter. Right. When, when they're in the office talking about going through Eleanor's notes and they find, you know, talking about pyrokinesis and all of that. And 
that's clearly based on King's Firestarter from 1980. Mm-hmm. So, Have you ever read Firestarter? I did not. I saw the movie when I was a kid, but I, I don't really recall it much. Uh, I'll probably rewatch it just because it, they brought it up. And uh, yeah, it, um, the one starring Drew Barrymore. Right. Not the sequel, the TV movie sequel. Yeah, I don't recall ever seeing the TV movie sequel on the air. Because <laughs> so. it came out 20 years later. I yeah. think it came out around the same time that they did uh, Desperation and Nightmares and Dreamscapes. So, like, I feel like every 10 years or so, there's a king boom. And we're in the middle of one right now. Uh, although this is maybe the most aggressive I've ever seen it. Uh, and I think that's because the entertainment world has moved so much closer to existing intellectual property. And anything that's existing IP, they will convert because they're too afraid to do original stuff uh but anyway uh it was it was in that kind of like early 2000s boom where it felt like they were doing a bunch of king stuff for like five or six years like i'd probably say from shit something like the mist i think is kind of the end of it and then it picks back up Mm -hmm. a little bit later yeah yeah it it, it goes on cycles like that i sure see that as well and then i had one uh that just vanessa's condition itself being able to see these people's death moment and then the way she like cramps up in her stomach i i thought dead zone right away yeah i didn't even think of it but once i saw your note i was like oh yeah it is just like dead zone how did i not realize that yeah and considering ernst and dunn worked on dead zone the series <laughs> just so. like what are we gonna do for this trouble uh let's just what are we doing dead, dead zone? zone yeah what are we doing dead zone yeah <laughs> and, then, uh, and then lastly uh morris crane the colorado kid photographer Right. Talking about, uh, you know, lobsterites, uh, did a chick. So, yeah, you see these giant lobster monsters coming out of the water, which is just like uh, in the gunslinger in the second book, the drawing of the three, the lobsters start coming out of the water at night and uh, give Roland a tough time. Let's just say uh, he has to change shooting hands afterwards. (laughs) Yeah, he can't do the shocker anymore. Um, (laughs) But one thing we didn't talk about for Firestarter. Or Bull. (laughs) Or Bull. I'm going Um, the Christianly route on that one. (laughs) Angel's Advocate. Angel's Advocate. Uh, One thing, uh, we weren't able to find a video. I'm going to try to put in the show notes if I can find a link to it. Uh, Maybe it's on Hulu. But SNL did a Firestarter skit with uh, Drew Barrymore where uh, it was a commercial for Firestarter brand smoked sausages, um, which I hope it's really funny. We haven't watched it yet, but we'll uh, we'll put in the link to see if we can find it. We'll put a link in the show notes to see if we can find it for you guys. And because yeah. the food commercial will be important later in this episode. Yeah, I, I wish I wish I could have have seen it. I, you know, and maybe I saw it back in the day when I was a kid. But uh, oh no, some... this this was two thousand seven. Oh, this was uh, later. Okay, I was no, like, you okay. probably saw this. Yeah, I mean, because they they've had some tremendous celebrity commercials. I mean, Derek Jeter's Taco Hole and then uh, Stevie Nicks Mexican Restaurant. I can't remember the name. Uh, just um, it goes on and on. SNL's commercials are probably some of the funniest bits they they have and. And uh, still, where, where the cast's at now, probably the commercial, probably the funniest parts. Yeah, so th- that would be out of Stephen King's uh, book, the 1987 book, The Drawing of the Three, which is the second in the se- Gunslinger series, which is historically probably been my favorite book in the series. I really love that book in particular. All right, since we're talking about, uh, yeah, there's no way to to tie this in. So with the outdoor movie, <laughs> with the outdoor movie, I thought that was really, and I know why they did it because I, I think I know why they did it. I think 
what's really weird for me is the outdoor movie scene is isn't set up properly at all right um it feels like it it feels like it comes out of nowhere where they're like oh yeah just happens that there's an outdoor movie event tonight and it's like okay really we couldn't okay so take for example i was watching scream 4 recently and in scream 4 uh earlier on in the movie they they kind of mention that they do a in in the universe it's called stab right that's like it's right. it's so meta that it's poking fun at itself they, they're the stab movies they have stab movie marathons you know and it's mentioned earlier in the movie so then obviously later in the movie you know some shit's gonna go you're gonna when you get to it and they're like oh shit it's happening at the stab movie marathon out in like the farm you know and you're like oh of course whereas here they're like oh it's at the outdoor movie that's where matt is and you're like okay you know so i think there could have been a scene earlier where we saw like a poster for and maybe i missed it um but a poster for outdoor movie you know like uh fucking a bridge too far pat and whatever the fuck the mo- war movie turned <laughs> they probably couldn't afford that but uh you know whatever it turns out to be and what would have been a i think a great time to do it is because this was also fucking weird was in the gray gull when duke is talking to vanessa that softball team that just randomly runs in yeah. out of, like there's like oh, hey, 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 hey. You know, you're like what's like who are you're like kind of like oh is this kind of important why are these guys run in here and they don't mean anything they had nothing to do with like anything i guess vanessa gets stressed out because there's so much commotion that she has another vision but I felt that was pretty weak. Whereas we could have had some teenagers coming in and being like, dude, are you going to go to the movie tonight or whatever? Yeah. Maybe the softball team, uh, where the parents, uh, driving their kids to the movie, their teenage kids. I yeah. don't know. <laughs> yeah. Was... We dropped the kids off at the movie. We're going to get a drink. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The movie, we dropped them off at like 2 PM, uh, for the movie at like nine. <laughs> yeah. And if this was 2020, the parents would be back there in, in uh, lounge chairs, drinking fucking white claws. And, uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> pretending that uh, you're not as bad of a lush as someone drinking beer <laughs> oh yeah when i did outdoor movies at uh in stapleton colorado the parents would get liquored up and let their kids do whatever they wanted um so i felt like the movie night was just really just thrown in there uh well, out of nowhere yeah. Well, you know, the way it comes about, it it really, Nathan gets inspired when Duke says, you know, life isn't this movie, there's no script, and then it hits his head, he he must remember, oh, Dockside Green, well, they they both remember Dockside Green at the end, but then he figures out first it's the movie, and then when they're talking about it being a movie, both of them realize, oh my god, the kids are watching movies at Dockside Green, I mean. So sure, in universe it makes sense, but to you and me, the audience, this doesn't make sense because we we don't have any context to what Haven Maine's like rituals and events are, right? Like you could be like, oh, you know, well, I know there's, you know, I know that there's always like a taste of Colorado every year, right? So like if I'm writing, I know that, but the audience, you know, people who aren't from Denver don't know about taste of Colorado. So you have to establish this earlier in the episode, right? Yeah, you know, fr- free music in Civic Center Park uh, if you get get people to move the tents and uh, incredibly overpriced food. But uh, right. But the point, my point is that it's not established. It's not, it's, it's assuming that we would know anything about this fictional town's uh, scheduling, like of their public events. Right. True. I I, I get that. It it could have been done better. They could have mentioned it. You know, uh, Carly, the principal could have mentioned it, Matt, if you don't stop fighting, I'll tell your parents and you won't be able to go to dockside green and run the projector. Now, when I said the reason I thought they didn't do it was because I think they knew we would catch on like so i think he was like well if i mention anything about a movie too soon 
the audience will realize that Vanessa's seeing a movie. So I think they went for, they had their choice of, do I set this up properly or do I go for the like reveal? Um, which I think it's always smarter to go for the setup because it's better for your audience to feel like, oh, for the people who don't catch it, go like, oh, I should have realized that versus us being like, yeah, how would I ever have guessed? Do you think they created it like right on the spot? They were like, okay, we're at, you know, we're right <laughs> at the house and then, all right, we got to get to the end. Boom. Here's no, or I think they had the movie planned but they probably he probably just didn't have like a good mechanism to get there uh and he was just like and not give away that it's matt <clears throat> yeah which i don't know how you didn't guess that from the barbecue party i was like yeah. or the pool i was like yeah it's that kid and they're like we gotta find this xander kid and i was like what it's the fucking creepy kid like why he's been at all like i know both of them were at every event but like he's the one getting bullied why would xander be like hell yeah i'm beating up this bully like, and you know, these girls are kind of laughing and enjoying it. I could probably, you know, like, well, that make was out with one of them. Oh, just, yeah, you're right. You're right. That was Xander got pool. boiled into pool. That was <laughs> Brad. Right. Yeah. Brad. Whatever. Xander, Brad, they're all the same. Um, they're all pod pod kids. Um, yeah. They're, they're, they're off at uh, Era Pastel or whatever, or American <laughs> Eagle buying some polos. <laughs> I think you're like, well, yeah, I guess maybe in 2010. It's I was like, 2010. Not in 2020. <laughs> 2010. See, I'm uh, talking about 2010. <laughs> um yeah but why would why would uh sorry brad be like upset like dude i'm so mad about this bully like not fucking get like not me getting to kick his ass even harder that i blew up this barbecue pit i'm sorry not pit barbecue well grill you you should it should blow up because uh, as someone who lives in texas you always cook with charcoal get propane is lame propane is lame what did you think? You mentioned in the summary that you thought Vanessa wasn't a great, or maybe it was the ratings, but you mentioned Vanessa wasn't a great actress. Yeah, I, uh, I, I didn't mention it in. I, I mentioned it while we were discussing this, but you were the one who came up with that in the notes. But you well, totally, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I was like, uh, I was like, once I read that from you, I was like, no, you're right. I, <laughs> she really wasn't very good. But I, I, I did have you know, have uh, some you know, concerns besides about her acting, which I'll let you talk more about. But what did you think about Vanessa, uh, Vanessa Stanley being Duke's former babysitter, his babysitter who essentially yeah. looked the exact same age, if not younger? Like, yeah. I thought I'm like, Duke, he's probably like 30, 31. She looks like she's like 26. Yeah, it was, it, it was kind of ridiculous. And uh, and that's her in the Colorado kid picture. No. How how old was Janine when she babysat you? Uh, from like sixteen to eighteen. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yo, know, I was like Carl. Uh, sorry, not yeah, Carly. She, she uh, was at least fifty. <laughs> uh, she was twelve years older than me. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's a that's an age because she can you know she has she can reason she can do things. Vanessa would have to be like an eight year old baby. Uh, whatever. How old Duke would be at the time? What like? Yeah, an eight year old babysitting a ten year old. Yeah. <laughs> Or you have to flip that, but yeah, yeah, like a ten-year-old babysitting eight. I guess that could happen, but like, uh, yeah. I don't know. I'm not. I don't think it. she could be a licensed daycare provider. So I, I thought that was kind of. <laughs> well, it's a kinda... small town, you know, like family friend type thing, where yeah. they're like, maybe yeah, her back dad. In the just 80s, took... they didn't have all of that license yeah. shit. Like, maybe her dad, you know, was just like, hey, you know, watch, watch Duke, you know, and left, you know, to do whatever, go hang out at the uh, the rusty yeah, bucket. Maybe he went out to yeah to, uh, drinking with Duke's dad. Or, and like, the Rev, maybe it was like a and the Rev, yeah, it was a power uh, trio. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Maybe maybe Chief joined them and they were the four horsemen. Yeah. <laughs> well, 
Well, I won't say anything else. Um, yeah, I thought the actress who played Vanessa was really bad. And I thought some of her lines were, I mean, in her defense also, I thought some of her lines were not good that she had to like deliver. Emily Rose, Lucas Bryant, and Eric Balfour are stronger actors. And I think they can work with some lines that are, aren't always expert lines, you know, great lines. So they can kind of work, you know, they're charismatic and good enough actors to roll with it. Whereas Vanessa, I felt like she wasn't strong enough to deal with some of the like, kind of weird stilted lines that she got, like especially the scene where her and Audrey are out talking on the balcony where they unlock her memories of the day. And she has her, you know, tells Audrey about her vision. I thought that scene was really bad. And what made it even worse was the contrast to the scene inside with Nathan and Duke, which was awesome. That was one of the best exchanges of the show. Like, you know, contrasted to one of my least favorite exchanges of the show yet. Yeah, no, I, I I agree with you. I really enjoyed what was going on inside the house, but uh, it just uh, outside, it, yeah, it, it was it was pretty weak. But I inside- just happened to remember what happened that day with the Colorado. Oh wow, you just happen to remember right now. <laughs> so, well, and then then a set, second little nitpicky thing. Did you see? You saw Vanessa's house. A high school guidance counselor yeah. can afford that house. I mean, come on. I well, mean, Vicky could afford like uh, Vicky and her dad. They're like, hey, we're barely getting by. On we're going to sell the house. But look, we have a whole separate uh, building yeah. for an art studio. Yeah. In <laughs> yeah. a really so. nice house. Like their main house was really nice. I don't know. You know, maybe uh, real estate just really cheap. And hate. probably because of the troubles, you know, the troubles. People don't want to live there. And the real estate agencies have you know, trouble selling houses are like, oh, fuck. Everybody's always running because there's a hurricane. There's a mad captain trying to blow up the church. You know? Yeah, but, it, you know, the, the troubles are just back for 27 years. So, you know, after 27 years. So I uh, it's left over from the first time, you know, yeah, it could be. I just I, I found that was uh, kind of ridiculous. It's but, probably your drunk dad. You probably got an accident or probably got killed by the rev or something. Yeah. Insurance and, uh, money. Yep, exactly. Insurance, insurance money. Yep. Yeah. So, I, I mean. I guess. <laughs> yeah, but well, no, then, I, I agree. I agree. But then, you know, I, I, I hate to keep going back to Vanessa, feel like I'm beating up on her. But and in this case, I'm not beating up on her. But, you know, what do you think about Audrey triggering her? She triggers her. And then within two days, she's filled an entire room full of notes, <laughs> sketches. I mean. Yeah, I feel like Vicky's felt like um, and for anyone that doesn't remember, Vicky was the sketch artist who could, draw, you know, everything she drew had what effects on real life i feel like vicky was implied that had been happening for a while but just the captain aspect was the new kind of element to it right whereas like vanessa it's kind of like it comes out of nowhere and yeah she's drawn all these hundreds of notes but in the show we kind of see one happen like twice a day so what was happening before you know like that she saw like 20 in two days and then just like two here. Yeah, I think that's what they're kind of saying, you know, trying to make it say is that Audrey triggered her and she did all of those notes in two days. And <laughs> I just don't I mean, she she she'd be cramping up like every 20 seconds, you know, and I love the episode. So but, you know, got to give you some commentary on some of the things as as we see them. So, yeah, I got one last. I got two, but it's one scene, but a couple notes of the, of, of the final scene. Um. The tattoo. Let's talk about the tattoo on the arm. One, cool. <laughs> uh, it was placed earlier in the season, so I like that. That we, you know, it wasn't like new, right? It wasn't. It wasn't like the movie thing where we are like, oh Jesus, you know, like where did that come from? We saw the tattoo clearly. Uh, we knew it was going to be important. 
Uh, obviously, that tattoo artist, like we called, that tattoo artist did not make that fucking design considering it existed back in the 80s. Uh, my point that I really wanted to get to was that Duke, you know, Duke's like, yeah, you know, she told me this tattoo is going to be on the arm of the guy who's going to, you know, he's going to reach for my face and kill me. And Nathan's like, was it this tattoo? And draws it for him. And Duke's like, yeah, that's it. How would Duke know what it looks like? Because she described it to him and it, and she said and, and he said it is four people at the four compass points. Right. And he so des- when you he de- so, he described so, it, though. Yeah. Duke describes it and then Nathan draws it and it and shows it to him. Duke okay. says the, the four four people at the four compass points and then Nathan draws it. So, yeah. So Nathan has the information from Duke. Duke says it's a it's four people on compass points in a circle blah 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 nathan's like does it look like so then nathan draws exactly what duke's describing just let's assume okay think of it like this assume nathan has no idea let's assume nathan's never seen the tattoo before all nathan would have to do is just listen to what duke's saying draw it out and be like is it this and duke's like yeah that's what i described to you but i don't know (laughs) i wouldn't know any i wouldn't know if that's actually correct or not nathan because i haven't actually ever seen the tattoo so i wouldn't duke's reaction like oh that's it. You know, like, well, how would he have a that's it moment? He doesn't know what it looks like. Yeah, but th- that fits the description you just gave him. It- it's kind of dumb. I, I yeah, mean, it's, it's like if I told you if I was kind of dumb, but if I was like, yeah, the painting was pure red and you were like, like this and you showed me a red painting. I'm like, oh, well, actually, I don't know. I never saw the painting, but that is a red painting, you know, like which I told you, you have that information. Uh, so for Nathan and Audrey, it's a pretty crazy. It would be a big moment, right? For them being like, oh, shit we've seen this tattoo before and it's crazy for them but for duke to be like yeah that's it how would he know that's it nathan could have drawn fucking something you know what he's describing with no idea what he's talking about be like is this it and duke would be like yeah probably (laughs) yeah (laughs) well that's true because duke didn't see it even though we saw it when uh yeah yeah so once again we know but like duke wouldn't know that well, even when uh, when Vanessa tells Audrey about it, she's uh, you know we they show a visual of the white pale arm with the tattoo. Yeah, and like did she did she use the shinning to, to share it with uh, Audrey? You know, yeah, is that that's how we're thing seeing it. Audrey's like, oh no, that tattoo, and it's like, okay, well, how would you know that's the right tattoo? Once again, people are like telekinetically well, transferring th- information to each other. Yeah, and then Vanessa must have used the shinning with uh, with uh, Duke. With Duke as well. Yeah. Yeah, I, it, maybe. Maybe that's it. Maybe she can maybe they're kind of seeing because also when she's whispering, I was like, okay, she has enough time to tell you that a guy's gonna reach out, and then she had enough time to describe this entire tattoo into like five seconds she's whispering in your ear. Like, well, yeah, give me a break. She she was going really, really fast. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like oh I'm in my final moment, but it's gonna be a tattoo with like four people and like here's the design. I don't know about that. She must have used the shinning. Yeah. The only explanation. Yeah. Uh, was, also, uh, Duke's final line, I felt like, was just not a great final line. Um, I'm going to find guess, them first. No, no, no. That's not his final line. His final line is, looks like we're on the same team. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. My bad. Which my I was bad. like, what the fuck? Like, what do you mean we're on the same? Like, whose team were you on before? <laughs> he was on Duke's team, and, and well, yeah. which means he's still on Duke's team. <laughs> yeah, like, I'll be like, yeah, you're. this doesn't change anything. You're not here to, like, get justice or to find the truth. You're just here to kill this person. Well, yeah, and, uh, and you're helping. Audrey and Nathan are cops. Yeah. <laughs> They're not going to let you just go murder somebody. <laughs> <laughs> but also, it's like, uh, 
Or I'd be like, yeah, you were helping us out before. So what the fuck was that? Like, were you not on our team when you were assisting? It's just a funny, like he should have ended with what you said. It's like, I'm going to find him. Because actually, I'm pretty sure, maybe I'm incorrect. I'll put in the show notes if I'm incorrect. But I think he sa- doesn't say, he says, I'm going to find them. But he doesn't say, I'm going to find them first. Which uh, I not- think would be the best. I Because I think I was thinking the same. I was like, oh yeah, he's going to say, I'm going to get him first. But then he doesn't actually say it. He says, it looks like we're on the same team. Because I think earlier he says, I'm going to find him. But then then says, looks like we're on the same team and takes a drink. Yeah, I'll have to re- rewatch that that scene just to double check it. Because, yeah, my notes, uh, DC tells him, um, DC for Duke Crocker. Because uh, I'm mm-hmm. not going to type out Duke Crocker every time. If it, that takes a lot of time and I'm not the world's best uh, typist. Uh, but, but, yeah, my notes say Duke tells him he's going to find them first. But you're right. I do remember that the last thing he does says looks like we're on the same team. Yeah, I just thought it was funny where I was like, yeah, wh- were you not, like, friends with us? Were you not helping us? Like... He literally helped them with the sketch artist guy. He like was in on the plan, you know. They took him out. Uh, you know, he helped Nathan kill that cat, the captain. Well, yeah, uh, he's, he was, he was kind of key to the whole. Yeah, Duke's plan. one who tackles him. Yeah, Duke, pretty much Duke was the plan. Yeah, so I don't know why he's like. Well, it looks like we're on the same team. I'm like, yeah, we have been for like a bit. Like, you were helping. Well, I guess he was kind of against them with the whole uh, shapeshifter thing. He really was not cooperative at all in that whole situation. You're yeah, threatening everyone with an axe the entire time. But to talk about the positives, because I've talked about a lot of negative things, even though I, uh, a lot of negative things, even though I ranked it a seven, is that, like I said, I, I really liked uh, that Duke Nathan scene where Duke's talking about, I'm sorry, where Nathan's talking about, you know, what if you, what if you could feel someone's touch was really good. Uh, it, there's a part of you that's like, this is a little cheesy, but, uh, but it was good. I still enjoyed it. Yeah, I was, uh, you know, I actually had a note on that as well is that, you know, how Nathan, you know, he's, you know, consumed by the fact that he can feel Audrey's touch and he, mm-hmm. you know, and, he, you know, and he buys into the fate thing. That's got to be fate. Right. And uh, I, all of that. And then, like I said, some, he like works really hard to try to find ways to, you know, get contact with their high five. Yeah. Or, let's shake hands, you know, and agree on how we're going to investigate. And Audrey's like, what the fuck? Uh, yeah. yeah. But it was, I, I really like that. I have to agree. Yeah. It, it but, didn't feel, cre- it didn't feel it, creepy. It didn't feel creepy at all. Exactly. And, you know, and when I think about myself, if I was going through life and I couldn't feel anything, and then I finally find someone mm-hmm. I could, I'd probably be doing the same thing. I'd probably be like walking by like, Oh, bumped you, bumped you in the ass, and not with the hands. All right. Yeah. Right. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We don't whoa. need no sexual harassment, you know, at the HPD. So, <laughs> but yeah, I thought I, I thought that was that that was pretty cool. Yeah. No, I, I really like that. Um, I also like Duke and Nathan's kind of, or I like their kind of relationship in this. Like, it felt Duke was a bit more antagonistic uh, to Nathan in this episode. Uh, but I enjoyed it like at the house, like you're saying is that, you know, Nathan was like break, you know, Duke answers the door like, all right, we get it. You know, and Nathan's like, yeah, wow, you're breaking and entering. He's like, that's what you're worried about. It, it felt a <laughs> bit more hostile, but in a like, but you still feel that like that line of friendship in the like hostility. Uh, yeah. That even he- the begrudging friends. You see them; they're coming together as the season as the season goes on. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm never going to say they're going to be uh, buddy buddy always, but they, they you see it coming together. So I I did like like that that as well. And uh, you know, we 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 got to go back though. We got to go back to the the 
the freaking Morse crane, the photographer and the lobsterites. I mean, <laughs> I mean, what the fuck was that about? I mean, I think it was just a comedic <laughs> relief. Uh, I mean, you heard Jim Dunn on the commentaries. He's a he's a prankster, dude. He is a prankster, but uh, yeah, because <laughs> I, I I see no benefit at all for that scene. He starts on what he starts undressing. Just you know, <laughs> I think it was just comedic <laughs> relief. Um, okay, but yeah, I, I agree that like in terms of plot, uh, you know, and maybe there was a good time to mention the movie where he's like. You know, or like Duke, Duke could be like, oh, yeah, you know, maybe you saw it. You know, he's been watching too many movies at what's the place called that? They, Dockside Green. He's, he's been, maybe he's been seeing too many movies at Dockside Green or doing shrooms at Dockside Green. Dockside Green, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it did deliver what I thought was the the line of the episode. Crazy table for one, uh, which was pretty good. Yeah, I think I was just so uh, like, I don't know, starstruck or what, how, whatever phrase you want to use for like mentioning the lobsters from the drawing of the three that I was like, <gasps> like, you know, I didn't really care. I didn't think, I never even thought about how useless that scene was because I was like, oh man, I know what this is. These are the fucking lobsters from, from drawing of the three. Like, this is awesome. And I like immediately like wrote down a note. I was like, oh, yeah. even though I don't, I don't always write down notes my first time through, but that time I was like, oh, I got to write this down. I cannot forget this. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that was, that, that was pretty cool. And I also like at the end, Nathan, um, in the gray goal, when, they're all, when the four of them are having drinks, uh, he says, like, you know, he basically says he doesn't believe in fate at the end, but I feel like he's just saying it to, or, you know, he's like, ah, screw fate. Screw fate. But he's just right. kind of saying it to make Audrey and Duke feel better, I think. Uh, yeah. That, that, he that, obviously that. is like, no, this is fucking fate. You know, like my partner can feel my touch. So like you guys are it. You're like, sorry, Duke, you're dying, buddy. You're dying, uh, bro. Cause I'm getting touched. Yeah. <laughs> um, I also like how Duke, you know, was like, like it was a nice in universe. Where he's like, Oh yeah, but just left bro. Like, cause I kind of had already forgotten about Jess to be honest. I, I honestly had already forgotten about her. So when he mentioned, I was like, Oh yeah. Like people in universe would assume he's talking, you know, he's still like, you know, talking about Jess with this like stuff because he's hasn't revealed to really anyone except a shapeshifter about Audrey's uh, touch. Who then he? Oh, killed. Jess Minion, Jess Minion, the ultimate uh, plot tool. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, <laughs> there's like, yeah, we need a character that you know one size fits all for every situation. Uh, oh, we need a tranquilizer gun. Oh, she's peaceful, so she has tranquilizer darts. Oh, she, she's a, a reason for Audrey to kiss Nathan on the cheek. Yeah, here we go. That was interesting. And, uh, you know, what? it was cool. It was a big reveal. We don't know what the tattoo means yet. And, yeah. But we know someone or more likely some people with the tattoo killed the Colorado kid and is or are prophesized to kill Duke as well. And that's a, that's a huge reveal. <laughs> well, so. I would love if uh, that guy who died with the tattoo was just like, that was the guy. Because he was just a lobster poacher, right? Right. Yeah. So it'd be funny if they're like, yeah, well, we got him. Um, it's like the most unimportant because he died because of Helena, and then they pushed his partner, pushed him out to sea in the boat, and just left his body. Phil Riser, good old. Yeah. Why I remember Phil Riser's name is probably because of his last name because I worked in a pharmacy when Viagra first came out and it was made by the drug company <laughs> Pfizer, so its nickname was the Pfizer Riser. So that's pretty good. Phil Riser, I bet yeah. Jim Dunn did that too. <laughs> but now that you think about it, yeah, you know, hey, uh, who better to get with uh, a succubus than a riser? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness, I didn't even think of that. But yeah, I thought I, I thought that was cool. And then uh, 
Uh, my last kind of note that was we finally got our first visual of Laverne at uh, yeah, SPD. true. And yeah, she's obscure, kind of out of focus in the background, but and it's and it's only uh, her, you know, her from behind, but we see Laverne with the smoky, smooth stylings in her voice. Do you think she has a podcast? She probably does. I mean, if we have a podcast, I anyone my, can have one. Yeah, I think it, <laughs> since we have a podcast, I think my cat's got two. So, yeah. um, I think we're done with the episode, right? Yeah, uh, it sounded very negative because I thought, like I said, there's a lot of small details to to pinpoint on, but I thought the core was very, very strong. Um, so. Uh, I didn't mention I also liked the Julia. We didn't really talk about it, but the Julia Audrey having some drinks at the Grey Gull scene also I liked. I liked seeing kind of a more human side of Audrey again. Um, uh, but speaking of the Grey Gull, since there's so much time spent at the Grey Gull this episode, we uh, decided to have a little fun like we like to do at the end of every episode. Is we like to do a little special segment. So we decided to come up with dinner menus for the Grey Gull. Um, so we both picked an appetizer Three entrees, a dessert, and a cocktail or a drink for the gray goal that might be on their menu. Um, so we're going to kind of pitch them at each other and see what we think. As usual, we don't tell each other our results. Uh, so we're surprising each other just as much as you guys. Uh, <laughs> uh, and if you have menus, if you're like, this would be this would be awesome or hilarious, uh, tell us what you would put on the gray goal's menu. Uh, we kind of try to make them a bit Haven themed or a bit Maine themed, the state. We'll uh, see what we came up with. Okay, so I'm gonna go first with my with my apps. appetizer. So I came up with uh, two appetizers actually. So uh, first, from when I was a kid, this used to be one of my favorite things to eat until my taste buds changed, and that was popcorn shrimp. That's a great appetizer. Mm. And then for my second one, it's got to be a lobster pup. <laughs> I was gonna say a lobster <laughs> pup. That was gonna be my second. Yeah, uh, the lobster pup from episode four consumed, correct? What John John Robert John Robert? Yeah, something? John Robert. Yeah, or is it, why, yeah, yeah. Why would he ever eat those? Because um, it's not real shrimp. Yeah. <laughs> or the lobster? You mean? Oh yeah, shit. Yeah, lobster. <laughs> yeah, fucking shrimp. I well, had, now I you just revealed the secret that your popcorn shrimp isn't real shrimp. It's composite. Uh, it's, it's composite shrimp. Just that's plankton. Right. It's uh, it, it's fully matured sea monkeys. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> um, okay. For my appetizer, uh, <laughs> I <laughs> mine's called uh, it. It it's normal. It's a little cheesy. We'll see. It's gonna sound stupid. You're not gonna know what I'm talking about at first for sure. Uh, they're called deep fried cargiers. So <laughs> I was looking up. Uh, specific menu items or specific foods to Maine, and I came up found something called fiddlehead ferns. They're like these little uh, little plant vegetable things you can eat, um, or the French word uh, French originally called them uh, croziers or croziers. I'm not sure how to pronounce it, so I changed it to deep fried cargiers. So C A R R, like Julia and Eleanor Carr. No, you can like tell that. you went for a real restaurant. I went for like Long John Silver titles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cat, Captain Black, D's. Yeah, Captain D's. Blackbeard's uh, cod or something. It's a minor yeah. themed. Deep fried cargers. 
we don't know what the fuck we're pulling out of the freezer, but it's all going in the deep fryer together. Just yeah. throw it in, and uh, well, that's these your are, basket. These are fiddlehead ferns, all right? They're uh, it's a nice vegetable. The fiddlehead is because they curl to look like a fiddle's head, like the end of a violin, actually. Oh, but that, that's your vegetarian option, right? Yeah, just deep fried. Uh, <laughs> yeah, deep fry it in like canola oil. Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> let's move on to on. Okay, well, let's choose. I, I'd probably go with the popcorn. Well, no, I hate popcorn. I hate shrimp. Um, but I also have no idea how fiddlehead ferns taste, so I don't know if I could say that. But it's deep fried, so maybe I go with it. What would you okay. choose? But or or would you choose a lobster pups? Well, since I don't like real seafood, probably the lobster <laughs> pup because. Yeah, but as lobster, lo- lobster composite, whatever the hell that is. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think there's any real lobster in it. It's, it's all right. It's, so you choose lobster pups for your appetizer. Right. For our, uh, our night at the Grey Gull. Yes. Okay. Uh, that would sadly be, be my <laughs> All right. What's your first entree? Or do you want me to go? No, I'll, I'll go first. Okay. So, so we have three entrees. We'll, we'll go back and forth. So my first one is uh, lobster pie. So oh. this is locally caught lobster tail, claw, and <laughs> knuckle meat. First of all, I didn't know. Knuckle meat. Knuckle meat. <laughs> And it's capped with a with a buttery Ritz cracker and lobster tamale crust. So it's kind of basically like a lobster pot pie, and uh, it's mm. a specialty that comes out of uh, Wells, Maine. Well, I hate lobster. I don't hate lobster. I do hate lobster. So I, I probably I hate all seafood. Me. So <laughs> okay, all right. Well, so. My first entree is dependent on you knowing Arrested Development. If you haven't seen or watched Arrested Development, this is going to sound fucking crazy. Um, <laughs> but if you remember in Arrested Development, Tobias Tobias Funke dresses up as uh, a British maid named Mrs. Featherbottom <laughs> uh, to get closer to his uh, estranged wife uh, because they've separated and he's trying to like get closer. So he tries to pull uh, Mrs. Doubtfire, right? Uh, but a lot of things he says as Mrs. Featherbottom are just completely ass backwards wrong and, you know, obviously are <laughs> crazy sounding and very sexual. Um, this entree is called the Lumberjacks Banger in the Mouth. Oh, Christ. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, we Mrs. just lost any women listeners we had. But... No, because Tobias, Tobias explains that in England, or sorry, Mrs. Featherbottom explains that in England, a sausage is called a banger in the mouth. <laughs> but, I, <laughs> but, I, but I spell it like B-A-N-G-O-R, like banger main. Banger main, right. So it's the lumberjacks banger in the mouth. Um, <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> um, so this, this meal is... Uh, I looked it up, but a main kind of meal is a bean hole beans. It's basically just like beans cooked in a kind of like molassesy beans made in a cast iron skillet. Uh, and and I've seen like more in like uh, some other stuff. Like it's it's pork. It's some kind of pork, molasses and beans kind of all cooked together. And they learned it from like Native American. The French learned it from Native Americans, and then uh, New Englanders learned it from the French. Uh, because back then beans weren't really an essential thing or weren't like as widespread. And this eventually led to like canned beans becoming way more popular in new England because the main people ate a lot of, uh, bean hole beans, but I'm substituting the bacon for sausage to complete the lumberjacks banger in the mouth. <laughs> okay. So kind of the fucking play off of that. So <laughs> my, my second is a traditional clam bake. And you're going to love the ingredients. So we've got plump steamers, 
lobster tail, main potato, salt pork, and an egg. And then the main ingredient is really apropos to the last one, Bang Island mussels. Bang Island mussels. Man, that sounds like a porno or something. Bang Island mussels or a porn star. Uh, that could be gay porn, right? You know, a <laughs> bunch of weightlifters. Hey, want to go to Bang Island? Huh? It could be any kind of porn to go any to kind, Bang Any kind. Some muscular <laughs> folks at uh, Bang Island. Uh, take the skinny boat to Bang Island? It's going to be the sequel to Temptation Island. Okay. Okay. I maybe, yeah, I guess like I'm not into clams or lobster once again. So hard for me to order that tonight. I found it interesting that it's called a clam bake, but th- there's, there's no, no clam clams. in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. There was no clam in it. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, it should be a muscle, you know, a bang Island bake. <laughs> yeah. You should just, yeah, that's what you call That's what your entree is called on the menu. I took a real entree from a real main restaurant. Yeah. See, that's uh, your mistake. That's your mistake that- right there. And that one's from a seafood restaurant in Portland. I, I guess I, I didn't, uh, I, I really didn't get the concept well enough that, so, so shame on me, shame on me. <laughs> All right. So my next entree, these, these are real items, by the way, in Maine on this one, on this one, um, it's Rev's red snapper hot dog. Um, you can get a Rev's red snapper hot dog. So in Maine, they have red snapper hot dogs. They're like basically red, like uh, hot dog wieners instead of the kind of regular color. Um, with a side of Humpty Dumpty chips and a can of Moxie tonic, which Humpty Dumpty is like their fucking local chips up there. And Moxie is like their soda that I heard described as wintergreen and licorice is like the fucking taste. Uh, and I guess they call it a tonic instead of that's what the phrase is for soda apparently up there. So this is kind of the one. This is the one to kind of watch your Red Sox too, right? Is you get a you watch your Red Sox and you get a Rev's Red Snapper hot dog. Yeah, um, it uh, could be. It could be. Could the you know you could impl- you could impl- you could uh, take away something, something a little bit more gross about it, but uh, I don't think there's yes. anything inappropriate about Rev's Red Snapper hot dog. Oh, you know, could be phallic. <laughs> Def could be phallic. I don't know. Freud Freud would say it was phallic. I'm for sure, but you know, he, he said everything was phallic. Yeah, I was like. <laughs> what 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 did everything sexual yeah no and, and that's funny uh they have they have the red snap and hot dogs in denver uh on oh, Colfax. Yeah? yeah uh steve it's, it's the hot dog place called steve snap and dogs oh i've actually yeah. been to steve snap and dogs that's right yeah they, they have a weird one where they have uh, the hot dog in a tortilla it's not a weird it's yeah. just so yeah that's what i'm like what the <laughs> hell yeah all right what's your third entree oh and uh my third entree comes from a restaurant and in Wiscasset, and it's just a lobster roll, which is basically just lobster mm. parts. Like a lot of the stuff in the lobster pie just baked into a roll, and they put it kind of like on a. It's almost like a bun. It's almost like a. It's almost like a an actual lobster pup, kind of in a way. <laughs> so, but yeah, that that was it. In the, I think we've like reversed how the like casting went, where you casted, you know a comedy central version of Haven. Whereas you've now created like a real gray goal restaurant. I've created like a fucking Chuck E. Cheese. Um, well, this isn't appropriate for good. The lumberjacks banging in the mouth is not appropriate to Chuck E. Cheese, I guess. Yeah. You know, the kids don't need no bang Island muscles. Or the bang Island bake off or whatever. Yeah, that'll um, get you on an episode of the catch a predator. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So my third item, my third entree, 
is a it's a Crocker family recipe. It's called the Crocker's Cream and Clam Chowder. Um, oh, <laughs> oh, um, cream, cream and clam. Oh, geez. yep. Uh, <laughs> it's just a creamy clam chowder with lobster pups on the side. So I did have lobster pups in an entree and uh, item. Well, yeah, you can take the lobster pup and dip it into D- yeah, the into, into the, the creamy clam uh, chowder. Into the chowder. Yeah, we had to get some chowder in there since it's New England. Yeah, I, I was thinking about it, but you know, I didn't want my menu to get too expansive. You know, you you, you reach for too much and nothing. Yours are all lobster. <laughs> no, uh, well, yeah, the the, the clam, uh, the Bang Island mussel clam bake, uh, but it has more than just lobster in it. It's got lobster tail, but it's got, it's got potatoes, <laughs> lobster salt, knuckle pork, meat, egg. Oh, that that that's in the lobster pie. That's the lobster pie. So it's a lobster pie clam bake that actually has no clam just lobster not just lobster but lobster and pork and then the lobster and plump steamers yeah and don't forget the plump steamers and the bang island mussels are the key ingredient you're right so uh for the drink uh i'm gonna cheat and i'm just gonna go with the haven pale ale that was that was in the the refrigerator during the uh the what was it the stuffed episode with uh, yeah yeah fur is what it's called episode six yeah, I'll go with the Haven Pale Ale. Oh, good choice, good choice. Um, got the hipster. You probably got a lot of hipsters up there now in Maine. You know, making uh making some some craft beer with thick uh you know, big thick woolly sweaters tied around their <laughs> necks. Yeah, that's right. All right, so my drink is <laughs> the Valentino V Valentini. Um, oh yeah i like that or the vvv or triple v whatever you want to call it but the valentino it's all, it's all know, about the v i was like it works on multiple levels a valentino v is the cologne that was eric balfour sponsored it's a valentini and he's got the kind of v and you know in his in his uh physique so uh a lot of v's going on <laughs> my menu is very inappropriate uh so it's one ounce of godiva milk chocolate liqueur half an ounce of godiva white chocolate liqueur and uh half an ounce of vodka and a chocolate covered strawberry. You shake the one ounce, uh, you shake it all together, add ice, strain into a chilled martini glass, garnish with a chocolate covered strawberry and enjoy the Valentino V Valentini. And if you want a little extra spice, maybe maybe a little dab of the Valentino V cologne in your drink. Just don't try to make it a flaming shot because then you go up and smoke. I like it. I like it. I, um, I'm sure that, you know, that's to drink the vendor sell at Fredalba concerts and, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. Valentinis. <laughs> Valentinis. That's right. I, I, they, they are Los Angeles band. I, you know, that could be very popular. Hey, hey, hey. I found the Valentini on the website, uh, main spirits in their recipes. Um, so I'm just saying, apparently this is the main thing is the Valentinis. Duke's just giving it the Valentino V uh, tweak. Well, that's the signature drink at, at the Grey Goal. I mean, yeah, you know, it's kind of cheating uh, uh, Haven Pale Ale. I mean, he's but, got that on tap, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah, he gets it, you know, fresh from the right from the, the microbrewery. Yeah. yeah. Uh, or he smuggles it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> He routes it through. Uh, he routes it through <laughs> Canada to to get uh, cheap cheaper pricing. And yeah. uh, all right. Well, so what are we having for dessert? Okay. So we got two. We got. Uh, so I didn't know this, but uh, 
the whoopie pie. God damn it. All right. Because <laughs> the whoopie pie is, uh, you know, it's, uh, Pennsylvania gets credit with being like the originator of the whoopie pie, but apparently has a long history in Maine with all the different flavors. So, but that's not enough. You know, just one whoopie don't, pie is not enough. Don't fucking do. Don't tell me you did the same one as me. Continue, continue. And my last one. Because they, they also like uh, Indian pudding, but, you know, out of kid remain. But my, my last one is the Haven staple, the Big Benji Bar. Oh, yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah, uh, that, that's that's my shitty menu. That uh, no <laughs> Well, my dessert was going to be a Warnos whoopie pie is what it was called. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I stole your thunder. Uh, but mine was going to be blueberry flavored because they like blueberry apparently up in Maine, um, according and- to my research. And Chiefs seems usually to be in his Chiefs uniform, which is that light blue. Exactly. So we kind of make it look like, uh, try to design the whoopie pie to look like a portly Chief. So quite a menu. So we go to dinner at the Grey Gull, you and I. I'd get the deep fried Karjers with, (laughs) you know, uh, I'm not really into, I'll go a little, on a normal day, I would uh, take a Rev's Red Snapper hot dog, but I'm going to go a little, I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm hungry tonight. So I'm going to go for the lumberjacks banger in the mouth with a Valentino V Valentini to drink. And for dessert, I'm going to go with the, I'm going to go with the, I'll go with the, my blueberry or our whoopie pie, our Warnos whoopie pie. Yeah, I would, uh, the red snap and dog, uh, the, the revs red snap and dog was, uh, red snapper dog was an entree, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you got to eat well, with the chips and the fucking licorice soda. Yeah, <laughs> uh, pro- I'm probably yeah I'm probably do- drinking the the soda and then just like spitting it to the side. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, I would definitely do the dog because I hate seafood. I guess if I had to had to do, I, I actually am switching my app. I'm. Uh, did you have one that was non seafood? Yeah, mine's uh, fiddlehead ferns, deep fried fiddlehead ferns, so deep fried carjers. I, I I'm not, you know. I eat meat, but uh, I would I would go with that because I can't do pop, popcorn shrimp. I, I probably could survive popcorn shrimp if I just like soak the fuck out of it with, with uh, you know, the the cocktail sauce. But because uh, <laughs> I, I once got through calamari with that because uh, a vendor took us to like a very expensive steak mm. steakhouse and I didn't want to be rude. I mean, they're dropping. Hey, hey I'm, we're going to spend 500 on a meal for you, but you're going to buy 50,000 in equipment from us. <laughs> So you're getting the, a deal. You don't want the banger in the mouth? That's seafood. That's actual seafood. No, it's sausage. The lumberjack's banger in the mouth is beans, uh pork, beans and pork. Oh, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Molasses. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, no, I know. I I actually like the red snap and dog. The, okay. Those are Rebs, Rebs, those are two. Rebs, Rebs, red snapper dog. dog. Yeah, so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> for the dessert, I, I'm gonna go with the Chiefs whoopie pie as well, even yeah. though you know. I'll probably sneak a, a big Benji bar as well on the side. No, no yeah. one has to know. Well, you eat the you eat the Warnos whoopie pie in there, and then on your way out, you know, you take the Benji big bar as you go walk along the pier of the beach at that at night, and, and then probably get killed by a fucking troubled, you know, probably... someone with a, a fucking tattoo with uh, four people at the four compass points, <laughs> and, and we'll apparently... just magically know we'll be like, that's it, the tattoo. <laughs> Apparently nobody can tan when they're outdoors in Haven. Yeah, it's Maine. Everyone, everyone's got pasty white skin. Yeah, they're you know it's long winters. They're inside a lot. 
Nathan looks pretty tan, you know. Duke's pretty tan. He's out working on the, you know, yeah, working on the Duke's deck. from L.A., all right? Okay. Like, I, <laughs> well, he's also smuggling, right? He probably spent a lot of time on the, oh, he's outside a lot, you know, on his on the deck of a ship, working on stuff, you know, traveling from China, uh, Russia, wherever he's going for smuggling. But, Nathan, uh, Nathan got some explaining to do, though. He goes to a tanning well, salon. But since he can't, he can't feel sunburn. So yeah, that's hey, true. It's true. Fuck it. You know, I, yeah, I'm going birthday suit on my days off. Oh, maybe <laughs> not that far. Maybe not that far. Yeah, maybe he's, speedo. Yeah, <laughs> he's wearing a banana hammock out, out, out to the pier. Yeah. yeah, he just doesn't want anyone to see his revs, red snapper dog. Um, <laughs> but I think that's it for this episode. I think so. We'll uh, return to the town beneath the town in one week. The quickest way to reach us is by email. You can contact us at troubledrewatchpod at gmail.com. Once again, you can find us on just about any service where you listen to podcasts like Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon Music, Podbean, Stitcher, uh, listen notes, iHeartRadio. We're on everything, man. We'll also have the podcast up on YouTube eventually if that's all that's available to you. And it really helps us when you hit like or subscribe. And it helps even more if you leave a review. If you want the podcast straight from the source, you can visit us at troubledpodcast.com. We'll have all our episodes, news, and everything else in one place for you. If you want to follow us on Twitter for updates, you can follow us at Havens Troubled with a capital H and a capital T. We love making a show for you, but there are costs. We're trying to upgrade the equipment to make this sound even better. Uh, but we need your support to be able to do that. We have a Patreon page linked in the show notes with one t- with a couple of tiers. Uh, our first one is for the Haven Taurus. That's $1 a month. That gets you behind-the-scenes documents and a shout-out. Our $3, that's a Haven Citizen, gets you uh, access to the exclusive episodes called uh, Troubled with Extra Syrup. We've done three episodes already. Um, and, and then we have a $5 tier where you join Haven's Troubled. I don't know. I guess that's a benefit. Uh, maybe you get a cool power. Um, and if you do that, you get the access to the director's cut episodes as they come out. And and if you want a, some kind of live Q&A or something like that, a live video chat where uh, we try to schedule one with you. The last bonus episode we did for Trouble with Extra Syrup was on the hard case crime book called joyland by stephen king we each pitched a version of it to be turned into a tv show the way that ernst and dunn pitched haven from the colorado kid uh we're always excited for listener feedback and we love to hear from you whether it's criticism or praise we just want to hear from you guys uh and that's pretty much it for me uh i'm alex french and thanks, Alex. I want to thank everybody for listening. And I would be remiss if I didn't give another shout out to our first super fan and Patreon member, Frank. We love, love your support, Frank. And we're thankful for you for uh, contacting us. And we would love for more of you to contact us. We would love for you to become Patreon members. And that we would, because uh, I really think some of our, our bonus episodes are, are really good. And uh, some of the director's cuts, some of the stuff we cut out, <laughs> we've got some crazy stuff in there that I think you'll, you'll, you'll laugh. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't get, Alex doesn't get to rein me in as much, even though tonight was, uh, I, I needed to rein him in, I think. Uh, <laughs> I, th- I think I'm going to have to ground him for a while. But, um, <laughs> but th- I want to thank everyone once again, once again, especially uh, Frank for listening. Please reach out and contact us and please keep listening. Tell your friends, like and subscribe. And the most important thing, never let your troubles get you down.